0: As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, I'm yeah. having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why, you, Why mad? you mad? Why you mad? Okay, hey Luisa, happy December to you.
1: Hey. Ooh, hi Jake, happy last month of the year, man.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right?
1: Yeah, or as I like to call it, horror movie month. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 uh, it's just because I keep watching horror movies, and then fucking people watch Christmas movies, and I'm like, oh, it's lame. That's oh,
0: yeah, I don't. Anyway. I do not get Christmas people at all.
1: I know, dude. I know they're like only one nut, one notch above Disney adults.
0: When I was tweeting about like being all like reacting to October and having like this weird holiday thing going on and goth shit and horror movies and stuff. I had a lot of people I know yeah. who I know. And they're like oh, us, like they're cool and stuff. We're like, um, Oh, I'm like that with Christmas. And I was like, what? How? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> <laughs> those, those movies suck, dude. <laughs> they're so know, lame they're for little kids and shit. <laughs>
1: Ugh, like even the best ones uh, Like Home Alone I guess Or shit like that it's like still for little kids And I mean I guess it's fine I don't know um, What's going on with you? What are what, What's
0: up? Oh, I'm chilling man I'm like kind of in a creative mode Right now Cause like um, I don't know I've got like all this stuff inside of me And I feel like I'm reaching a point where I'm like Oh I could actually like turn this into a thing And um, uh, I had a really good set last time I did stand up and like, and that's gauche to say, but like also you do this shit long enough, you were able to be frank with yourself and be like, that was a good one. And that was a bad one. And like, I know when the bad ones are, Yeah, but I fucking blew the doors off of this place the other night and I was so, and I had such a funny, like f- kind of rest of the night afterwards because like i don't i'm not on the circuit like a lot of other comics where you're up every night so people who were like who are you like why did that happen and i also had somebody i know followed me and was like hey i couldn't follow you what the fuck and then he asked me an interesting question he was like why aren't you doing more comedy in new york and i was like you know that's so funny because like yeah i i look look i'm good at this i probably should but like All of the reasons that I'm not doing a lot of stand up in New York have nothing to do with the difficulty of performance at all. It's like because of the, like, how toxic all of this is, like, the whole scene and everything. Not that I'm, like, afraid to go to perform or whatever, but I just, like, my interests just led me elsewhere because anytime somebody's like, let's go to a comedy show, I'm like, like, unless it's, like, a particularly cool one, I just start to get bad vibes or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all incentivized to bad stuff, you know, shit we talk about all the time or whatever. Someone's a weird place where I'm like, (sighs) okay, am I going to start something then? Or am I going to just actively start, like, winding around again and, like, doing stuff here because it's it's crazy i'm better than all out of these motherfuckers <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean okay so like to give you a little uh, not pushback but alternate point of view Uh-oh. and none, none of this oh wait wait yeah none of this is pushback <laughs> on you being good uh to clarify <laughs> the pushback is on uh the way that you defined the environment here right as toxic yeah so, like, allow me to put my anthropologist hat on. Uh, and I, I'll confess that it's because, ugh, Jake, I've been thinking, as a side note, that um, I think I have to write the book now. Like, I think I might be done participating. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know that post-pandemic was, or, like, not post-pandemic, but post-reopening, I guess is what we should call it. Um is a difficult time to judge by and maybe i shouldn't have even tried to do shows yet but the ones i did you know though there were there were great moments of enjoying the comedy overall I realized like I'm not, I don't enjoy producing. I don't, I know intellectually what it takes to be a good producer. And I don't want to do a single one of those things, (laughs) not even one. Um, So, you know, that might change, but I think more and more I'm thinking about um, just kind of like putting a bow on it and finishing doing the book. Um, So all of that to say that that's why I guess It struck me the way that you framed this environment, right? Because I've been, again, thinking about, I guess, the framework of New York comedy and, you know, in a greater context, the comedy of other cities and of the United States. Yeah. But um, because of that, you know, I feel like saying that it's a toxic environment is value, is a value judgment, right? Right. Because it's toxic to you and to me, frankly, uh, because we have values that are contrary to the dominant values in comedy.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And so that's why we perceive what they do as toxic. And frankly, you know, I do think objectively some of the things that happen in comedy are very toxic, like the... Uh, covering up for abusers and uh, the abuse. (laughs) You know, there's, like, things that are definitely bad, or, like, people fucking stealing money from artists, or there's lots of things that are objectively bad and toxic. Yeah. But the thing that you were specifically referring to, I think, is the fact that uh, people outside of comedy might believe that it's a a merit-based system, a meritocracy or whatever, but in reality, it's actually a network That is based on your interpersonal relationships.
0: I was thinking about that recently because um, there's this thing that Max from E6 always points out when somebody responds to him and says something really funny. He always says uh, regular people are funnier than comedians. And he's totally true or he's totally right. And there's something that like it's glaringly obvious, but because we have kind of a schizophrenic point of view about it, this from being involved in comedy, I think that's that we don't see as much, which is yeah. I really do believe in the when people say like comedy is just 99% being confident on stage, and that's like what people are you know impressed by or whatever. Honestly, yeah. I've met so many people in my life being a comedian since I was 19 or whatever who were just like naturally more funny than a lot of the yeah. people that I know that do stand up that I don't think co- like humor and like comedic skill is like. I don't think it's more concentrated in the people that do comedy at all. I think it's evenly divided throughout the, the fucking population. People that do comedy are like specifically just people who have thought about like trying to do comedy and basically engaged in like this pyramid scheme that where like every comedian is connected to every other comedian <laughs> so yeah. like this is formed into a dysfunctional fucking system and yeah that's why it gives me a bad vibe and the other the other thing i want to say is um i know i've been on this fucking somatic kit kick lately because i've been reading these books and, and talking about you know the central nervous system or whatnot and whatnot but like i have a really good time with like certain comedians like friends of ours and stuff who i think of as people first but i like i had i all, the other thing i told this person i only did like one or two shows in november and one of them was that one and i fucking killed it and like uh i told this person like you know i like i had a good time tonight but like i've had so many experiences lately around comedians where like they, like, it's like Colin Robinson shit. Like, just being around mm-hmm. people that yeah. are doing this stuff starts to physically ail me. And I'm like, yeah. what is this doing to, like, literally my body, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, well, what you were saying was, like, uh, there are friends of ours who I would say we, in this case, like primarily as people, which doesn't mean we don't think they're funny or whatever, but, like, we enjoy being around them as people. But then... They exist within comedy as people who see and accept and understand and try to be a part of the network. So it's weird because even if they like like us and we like them, ultimately something gets said that makes it clear that we have different values and in like why we're even there tonight. You know what I mean? Like yeah uh or like what what show we're going to next week or somebody that we were hanging out with or you know like it becomes clear that we are um ideologically separate and like we might have come to the same place but we came here for different reasons and on different paths I guess and so that's I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that um you know, it's no more toxic than fucking banking <laughs> or museums or fucking all these other industries where it's the same thing. There are people who, like, believe this bullshit of, like, if you do the thing you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So they, like, went off to do the thing they love and they put, put their entire heart in it. And then they're surrounded in their jobs or in their in- industries by people who were like are there because they have figured out how to make it lucrative because they accidentally fucking fell into it because somebody else gave them access. You know what I mean? Uh, For all these other reasons that are, I guess, not as honorable or whatever, you know, there's no reason to put a value judgment on it at this time. I think it's um, we just have to accept that there's a difference, especially if capitalism then is the overlay on all of that the expectation for to like have the majority even of artists be like be able to break through the capitalist indoctrination and like worldview and even like self view is crazy hopeful or crazy just ridiculous of us (laughs) because it's just not gonna be you know what i mean so i don't know this is then me talking about why i'm like good with distancing and uh you know continuing to watch comedy and be a part of it but it can't ever get to be my whole life ever again i think yeah yeah um unless it's in the way of writing this book just to like exercise it all you know (laughs) and put it all in one place um just because i do think that it will be interesting to a very few people, but the people to whom it is interesting, it will be useful. What's that weird? <laughs> no, I don't know. All. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it is something like, I don't know. I've been thinking about it also in terms of like the solo lifestyle stuff, because for so many people, um, it's like mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like, Wow. And in, in both a good way or a bad way, like it can be like, okay, this is like a crazy, stupid point of view, whatever. Or they're like, wow, I never thought that that could just be my goal in life is to like have my own space and be my own person and do my own shit and then connect with others on a basis of wanting to share time and space with them on a daily basis, not on a let's have a contract and settled down to do a big project, like have children or run a house or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so like today I had somebody text me and just be like, they're living alone for the first time. It's a comic and they were like, um, you know, like man, how do you like how do you not get lonely living alone, right? And it really did seem like a weird question to me, because I don't I don't get not wanting alone time, right? Um, I don't get not wanting your own space that uh, sounds bad, but that you control. And I don't mean it in the sense of like, oh, you have to have control over everything around you. But in the sense of like uh, so much of the world and life is not under your control, that having the space to retreat from everything that's not your your realm is actually extremely beneficial and like helpful and how you then can recharge and interact more with other people in public and all this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I bring this up because it's like kind of related in the sense of like, I guess I'm having more of a revelation of like, you know, um, I think the younger me really thought of comedians as being radical, Jake, (laughs) you know, like I thought that all of you guys were radical because there is something radical in the choice of this as a job, in um, the content of some people's jokes and in the irreverence towards many topics that other people obviously have are reverential, reverential towards. Um, but then as I got older and I continued to be radical in a lot of ways, I more and more realized that there, a lot of them are traditional people And a lot of them, especially successful ones, are traditional people who honestly only succeeded in big part. Not only, I'm not saying they're not talented, but like in big because of the way the system is. The big reason they succeeded is actually because they already came from family and stability and traditionalism. And so that gave them the springboard to be able to have a stupid career, (laughs) like going from city to city telling jokes. And therefore, that means like by default, it's going to be trads who succeed in this art form as a like sustainable career. You get yeah. me? Does the
0: form sense? is entirely like it, 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 incentivizes and leans that way. The only way mm-hmm. to be radical in this thing, it's surrounded by a sea of people who are like passively being shifted and sifted upward past you is yeah. to be actively in opposition to that, which makes everyone Call you hard to work with and all this stuff. They think you're doing it as a brand, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, and most people, I mean, yeah. Like we talked about this a lot on this show. Like most people can't, they just won't. Even if they talk a big game, they'll they'll give up eventually. And like I find myself in the story of all this. I say story because I'm also thinking of writing stuff, and I've got my head kind of looking macro at all this stuff. But I'm always the guy who's fucking talking to a friend and going, "I thought we were doing radical shit. What happened?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. And everybody eventually goes, you know, I mean, they they say something that's like, um, well, they say a few things, but like one of them is, it's it's a trope. It's like cliche at this point, but it's so yeah. funny how it t- it plays out. Is like, grow up. And I'm looking at them and I'm like. No, I think what? you're being for yeah. sure, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Now, one of them is grow up or, or the more benign, like, I grew out of that, right? Which still implies you haven't. Yeah. Um, then there is uh, the more cynical, which kind of, like, really stabs you in the heart when somebody straight up is just like, no, that's what sells. You know, yeah. so, like they were doing a thing that we thought was genuine, <laughs> but it was just because it's a persona that sells. Um, and then there are people who I think maybe did have uh, radical inclinations and the various circumstances of society <laughs> push them towards traditionalism because of what I've spoken to you about before of like all of the instability that is produced because of your artistic choices and career choices, then it seems like a a good solution to find
0: stability in a traditional relationship or partner or household. You know, I have a funny kind of story about this. I've been thinking about it a lot lately, which is that a few years ago, um, I met somebody who was like involved in left politics and activism and stuff. And this person was, like, they would constantly give me shit over them being left of me and going like, oh, you're just a Bernie bro. You're just a democratic socialist. You're just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is this is all a game for you. I was, you know, I've been here since the EZLN and yada, yada, yada. And this person was yeah. younger than me. They were like in their 20s. And I was like, um, you know, at this time, maybe turning 30 or something like that and then I think they were in their early 20s and I was like okay like I've been a lot doing this longer than you you know like fuck you um but we had this kind of funny back and forth like we were friends they're always like oh I'm more hardcore than you I'm doing all this crazy stuff right I lost contact with them and then I recently talked to them again out of the blue and they're totally normal now and they're like oh that stuff yeah, you know, I mean, I just burn out and they basically gave up and they said I became like cynical and they were like, it's, it was too much effort to, you know, to keep holding the candle and stuff. And, um, I really don't want to be part of that world anymore and I'm in a relationship and I'm happy and I just, you know, whatever. And, uh, I was like, that's another thing that can happen is like Mm -hmm. if you overdo it and you don't temper and take care of yourself and also frankly if you're Burn like out, yeah. if you're doing this like if your beliefs are not actually kind of genuine because they're they themselves are kind of a brand then mm-hmm. you'll kind of fizzle out also which is weird so it's like very hard to kind of stay the course and like maintain is, yeah uh credibility or uh what do you call it? like integrity uh unless yeah. you are being like very genuine about it you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, it is harder to swim upstream, I guess, right? Than to flow with the river, with the direction of the current. But um, I mean, and I say this not, I'm saying this not in a like, woohoo, look at me. I'm like so much better <laughs> than the fish swimming with the current. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just saying that I've had a realization that I maybe expected... A lot of a lot more radical living from comedians and I would say also now from leftists right um, because I was just so happy and excited for example when like this huge even pre Bernie like leftist online world kind of popped up and it seemed like younger people were getting into leftism and all this stuff and like but it's almost like, you know, I made a joke about it on, on Twitter, but like, it's like progressive trads. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're like socially liberal, but personally conservative. So it's like, imagine being like, yeah, everybody should get abortions except for me. I would never. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, everybody should be gay. Gay is cool except me. I would never. I am cis and I'm straight and I'm head. And I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Uh, you know, like, um, just believing themselves to want a new world order, but then wanting to still participate in the institutions of the old world order. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? And I think maybe I used to be a little more mad about it. And now I think maybe people think I'm mad about it because I do make joke jokes about trads and shit a lot, but it's more that I'm laughing at it now because it is pretty funny. It's almost like, we're like climbing a mountain and you know as you get higher up it gets harder and some people decide to just like go back down or to like stop and just build a house right there because they're not going to go any farther Um, so instead of being like oh you're such a pussy (laughs) I am trying to just understand that that is actually like the majority of humanity and uh, it was my mistake to have expected something different I don't know what do you think about that
0: I don't know. I mean, I know that you're my friend and uh, we do this podcast pretty frequently. Yeah. So I am like kind of listening to us talk and going, oh, this is a moody one. And next week we're going <laughs> to fucking be all jazzed up about shit again because that kind of happens. <laughs> but, I'm also, but I'm
1: not in a bad mood.
0: Yeah. No, this is just kind of wistful. I don't know. But like also I you know, I feel I've, I've had the same thought a lot. I think about what you're saying a lot. And it's funny because you do kind of realize like it comes full circle and you end up laughing at yourself for being like kind of foolishly naive and like fired up about trying to do more than one individual human can do in their conditions in the world. But that's like, that's a complicated philosophical question. And I think I'm always going to kind of lean on one side of it. And there is like this huge question of free will, like how much can you do? How much should you engage in? Should you give yourself a break and like ease up sometimes? And like, I've been thinking about this a lot because, um, I keep bringing it up, but I'm playing this video game called Disco Elysium, and it's like it's really cool. Like it's um, it's all it's all conversation based, and but you have these various like parts of your inner mind that you talk to while you're talking to like other people while you're trying to solve this case and you're learning about this world and stuff, and you can sort of like invest in um, it's funny you can invest in different like categories of these pieces of your inner world and they're represented by these cool paintings so it's it's very abstract it's really weird so like in the beginning of the game i spec'd it like in a certain way i was like oh my guy's gonna be really smart and he's gonna be really um he's gonna so all the intellectual ones like logic and encyclopedia and like whatever and then uh there's four categories there's like a blue one that's all the logic uh, encyclopedia stuff like that intellectual like parts of yourself there's the purple one that's like uh empathy um you know sort of like talking to people reading people's like subtext and stuff like that uh there's the yellow one which is all like um reacting physically um, interfacing with tools and stuff like that and then there's the red one which is like um endurance and you know like physical strength and all this stuff and so you can spec in different ways right the first one i picked was uh technical skills and intellect because i figured the game comes like that that's probably the first way that you play the game um also it's kind of like autistic e so it kind of makes sense for the character in the game because he's like really smart knows a lot of facts he's good with tools and computers no interpersonal skills and he's weak and I did that because uh, I thought, you know, it's a fun character to play. The second time around, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to make him a comedian, so he's going to be really good with substances. There's one you can spec that's all like... Really has a really good relationship with like drugs basically <laughs> and like using them, <laughs> and then also all the interpersonal, like manipulating people stuff with like wordplay and shit like that. Mm. I'm gonna play through and I'm gonna see if he becomes a Nazi because the thing that happens, oh my god, is, hilarious! <laughs> because the way the game works is that as you're learning about the politics of this world, you start to have conversations with these parts of yourself. So, like, um, intellect or whatever will come out and say, Hey what do you think about this, 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 and you'll talk to it and it'll give you like, you can decide to go with it on certain, you know, little avenues and quests and stuff like that, or you can not. And they shape like the, course of the story and so this thing happened while i was playing yesterday which is um so this uh this one called endurance that's like one of the red um id ones that's just like your animal self or whatever it starts talking to me and it goes hey man and they all have these weird voices it's really cool and it's like hey man you've been thinking about the hard stuff haven't you and i'm like huh what, what's going on and he, he starts talking about fascism because oh you're God. you're starting to form like a political ideology this game's written like really really well and so he's like oh fascism shit. you ever think about it and so i realized he's starting to offer me like the fascism quest line like do you want to become a fascist in this story and it's funny because he goes he's talking to you as the gut and so he keeps saying like you're like talking to your stomach and he's going like um yeah you know your gut you ever like listen to your gut feels good doesn't it just to fucking just to follow like your you know your gut instinct or whatever not your brain your gut and then he starts trying to convince you of fascism and he makes it very like a very like he makes it very clear like it's cool like that's the that's where that comes from is like it's not from um you know your intellect which is a thing that's like difficult to maintain like you have to read and stuff to be kind of keep up and be a good like citizen and and read all this theory and stuff the yeah. trad stuff, and also the thing I really liked is that the the fascist gut thing. Eventually, like you start, I started arguing with it. and I started going, I don't think I want to do that. And what it started saying is like, well, fascism's a rough word. What if we use the <laughs> word traditionalism instead? That's like oh, a nice shit. way, right? Right?
1: <laughs> They're fucking cousins, baby. Yeah,
0: yeah. But like. All of it is kind of implying the passive nature of what leads you into things like that. It feels mm-hmm. good to let go. And that's what makes men who like have those anger and shit become like kind of misogynists and go like, ah, it was just better before all this other stuff. Women were in the kitchen and stuff like that. That's it's, also-
1: also, it's also why traditionalist regimes uh, and groups mm. uh, always go out of their way to try to frame radical, any radicalism as fascist. Yeah, because it's a, a like uh, if I call you it first, then I I like convince people that it, I'm not the one that's being fascist. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: it's fucking crazy. Yeah, no, you said a lot there with that video game that I will never play, <laughs> that <laughs> really made me think. Like, you know, the first thing um, is you said you know this thing about like uh, feeling guilty or later ridiculous and laughing at yourself about not being able to do more than an individual can do. Right. But what's funny is like, I'm going to bring up this Chris Cuomo situation right now real quick, because, um, you know, I am a person who does fucking stay up at night thinking about what the right thing is for me personally to do in like certain situations. You know what I mean? And Jake, like, I do really not consider myself to be a person that has any real power or real access or real ability to give anyone access. Um, but I understand that there are people who do see me that way. So I feel a responsibility to not personally be involved in with certain people or doing certain things. So it's crazy to me that even, like, the, you know, I wanted, I... I am like basically not going to do an amazing show that I love probably because there's a comic who possibly might be disrespectful to women according to what people say, right? So I am here being like, oh shit, if I work with this comic, who is like makes more money than me is already famous. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing that I can do to help with their career. Yeah. I feel like it's uh, unethical of me to work with them on a one show a year. You get me? Yeah. And yet we have someone like Chris Cuomo and like stay with me because I do think it's related to comedy. Right. (laughs) Because what's happening with Chris Cuomo is that basically like text messages came out that revealed that he offered like when his brother, the governor of New York state was going through these accusations... Going through? We act like it's like, a oh, trauma for him. But no, when when he was... Sorry, my bad. Yeah. When he was being accused publicly of sexual harassment and sexual misbehaviors and shit um, towards women on his staff and other women, uh, his brother, Chris Cuomo... Uh, uh, what do you call that? A uh, anchor guy on CNN? Yeah. He texted his brother being like, "Oh my god, you know, I'm sorry you're going through this," which fine. Maybe you can understand that part as your brother, you know, like, "Okay, that's my brother. Sorry you're going through some difficult shit." But then he like offered to like talk to his sources to find out more information about the women who were coming um out against him. Um and he offered to like do anything he could to help. And this is a guy who is like, "It's not like your brother drives a cab, dude." <laughs> like, yeah. He is an anchor at CNN, so he has extensive connections to other media people. The ability to like put out narratives that contradict what the victims are saying, uh, the ability to like suppress fucking information from coming out. So it's like extremely fucking unethical for him to do anything other than to say to his brother, "Holy shit, this sucks. I can't really be a part of any of it." <laughs> you know, like well, he's the media i'm the media yeah exactly like what are you fucking doing uh so you know this idea of personal responsibility and and we've talked about it before in terms of like you know this thing i'm averse to with leftists where we will tend to always be like it's the system that's bad it's it you know like the big things are bad and capitalism etc and yes we are correct those things are bad and they fucking put us into horrible situations where we have to make bad decisions but we are still agents with agency who make decisions And I think like it's the same to be like, oh, I make whatever decision under capitalism because I can't make a better decision than this in terms of like how I spend my money, let's say, is the same as being like, oh, well, this guy's my brother. What else was what else could I do other than like help him with all of my position and my power? It's fucking crazy. And then you said this, I like I hadn't even figured out who the person that started the backlash was because I started to just see people being like, holy shit how could you just defend this on the basis of like, he's your brother or whatever. But I guess it was Liz Smith. You were saying
0: Liz Smith is, um, she was, she's been a lot of things, but she was, uh, most recently the comms director for the Pete Buttigieg campaign. She's also mm-hmm. somebody who called me uh, a Nazi for calling him a rat because she said that was, um, like eugenics. And yeah. also, because I called someone on her staff at Gusano, because they were... Oh, right. And that, that was a slur. That, yeah. was, that was a racial <laughs>
1: slur, she
0: said. Um, and they said, yeah. And also, so she had a bunch of her communications uh, released, or whatever the fucking word is, um, this week. It's funny. It is related to comedy, because they tried to hire Bill Maher to help them, like... See? <laughs> to help them, like, um, you know, come up with narratives and stuff like that. Yeah. And then... After that, she went and tweeted this thing where she basically tried to make sense of it all by saying, like, listen, your I think she said, like, son, f- daughter, brother, sister, mother, father always come first, don't they, or something? And then she mm-hmm. went and deleted it because people were just like, yo, like, <laughs> immediately making fun of yeah. it.
1: Honestly, that's some gusano shit right there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Wait, Which part? Like,
1: yeah. Uh, being like, oh, doesn't your mom and your family and whatever come before everything? Oh, before sure. Your yeah. Ideals
0: and the rest and of your like, people. No. And shit.
1: Yeah. And the rest of the people in the world and everything is like, no, not really. No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So like that's so this is why I think it's related to comedy. OK, because in comedy, the idea of family is also kind of deployed in this way right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, jobs. Have you ever had a job where like your manager insists that you're all a family here and whatever. One
0: of the first jokes I ever yeah. wrote, I've been like this forever. I was <laughs> into fucking yeah. theory and shit in college. One of the first jokes I ever wrote was about applying for jobs because all my jokes when I was fucking young were about being broke and like trying to, I was just really fascinated by this world yeah. that we lived in and work and all this stuff that no one ever talked about. And it was about how like, um, hey, it wasn't that good. That's so why it's not in my act, but it was, the premise is like, Oh, this is a family, like, all right, okay, I'm going to treat it like my family. And then, like, listed off all these shitty things that you would do to your family that you would just, you know, now I'm doing it to my boss or whatever. Because it's always been – the thing about that, the family thing, is that it's always – it's uh, inconsistent. It's, like, one of those things where, like, um, you don't always want to treat me like family because – in certain situations that would mean you doing something for me. But what you're asking really is for me to always do something for you. And then suddenly we're not family when I need like a cash advance or you to not Mm -hmm. fire me or you to just, you know, if you want to get down to just fucking labor value shit, like give me all the money that I earned or that I created or whatever, you know? Um,
1: Well, yeah. So here's the thing. Like I do think, uh, you know, I don't want anybody to say, to think that what I'm saying here is like, don't care about your family. But what I am saying is that the concept of family is a toxic weaponized concept in Western culture uh, in the sense that it is something that is antisocial. Okay. Uh, Your concern with your family primarily over everyone else is anti-society. Right. Does that make sense? Like I feel like it sounds controversial, but it fucking isn't. Uh, There are studies that prove that people who have children are less empathetic, towards people who are not in their nuclear family oh totally uh yeah because they're like hyper empathetic and like focused on the the safety and benefits and everything to their immediate family
0: parents are so scary because like if they think yeah. that you threatened their kid they're like Oh, i will murder you for brandon or whatever and you're like their next door yeah. neighbor <laughs> you know
1: yeah and then what's crazy is like you're having children um to exist in the society that exists already right so like you're you should care about your social role and responsibility so therefore like saying that somebody like Chris Cuomo or even us even like anybody who has like you know think about what kind of manager you're going to be at McDonald's or fucking what kind of like lawyer you're going to be are you a person who is doing things like only based on individual and selfish and anti-social motivations or do you also recognize your social responsibilities and social roles right which contribute to the type of world that you create for your immediate family that you fucking love so much right yeah so it's pretty crazy because like uh you know when we're saying like trad is the cousin of fascism trad is only the cousin of fascism if you allow it to be the superseding force over the logic of empathy for people outside of your family um and then in comedy like to me this is so clearly connected to comedy because it's how the in in group out group thing works where like comics build little cliques and then they like protect each other to the death but they attack everyone else outside of them even though they're attacking other comics like it's insane right so did have we talked about charlottesville at all on this podcast
0: oh i don't know maybe I mean, you know, speaking of Nazis, like, do you know what the yeah. 14 words is?
1: <laughs> the Wait, sorry. I just think it's so funny. Speaking of Nazis, but <laughs> the 14 words you said?
0: Yeah. Have you ever heard that?
1: I've heard the thing. It's like a like a tome that is important to the Nazis, but I don't remember what it is.
0: It's just a saying, and I can't. I, I, I talk okay. about this all the time. I can never remember because it's a stupid, fucking, clunky saying. It's it's literally fourteen mm-hmm. words or whatever. But the gist of it is like we have to secure a future for uh, white children and yada yada yada. And so it's definitely yeah. it's this it's this traditionalist like selfishness of children thing that you're talking about a lot like I think about this all the time when I'm in like when I'm in Park Slope because I fucking hate people you see it embodied like in traffic people will push their baby stroller out like in front of you in traffic and you're like literally you're like begging me to like crash into your child but like to me it seems it's just very entitled and it's like a microcosm of what's going on with gentrification and stuff like that because people will ultimately make these decisions that are not really cool. Like they're, you know, making a a decision about space that comes down to, well, listen, I got a family, I've got to get mine. So you're going to be the expense end of this. And yeah. it's always justified because like, look, I, my kid, I love my kid yeah. and yada, yada, yada. And like, that's how fascists justify what they're doing is what they're, they're
1: doing. Yeah.
0: They're like, look, it's, it all comes down to this baby thing. Like yeah. we have to fucking raise these stupid kids and shit.
1: Exactly, dude. And so even before we fucking go to Charlottesville, because I do think that's related also. Also,
0: your kids are not in danger. Yeah. That's all there is. Yeah, they're fucking
1: stupid. fine. Exactly. You're fucking fine. You know what they're in danger? of all the shit that is happening socially outside where you're not giving a fuck <laughs> and not paying attention to those things. Yeah. That's what's going to fucking kill them. The environmental shit, the Nazis, <laughs> the fucking all the shit you don't want to deal with because you're just so focused with your blinders on for your kid. But anyway, um, the Cuomo thing I also think is like crazy relevant to comedy because you like, okay, you remember for a minute after uh Uh, what was it called? What's the hashtag called? Me Too, right? So after Me Too started um, and comedy, a lot of women and non-men comics started um, like sharing stories and making jokes about their own instances of harassment and abuse and rape and all of that stuff. And so what happens is like, even if something is true, if everyone starts to do it, In comedy, within the world of comedy, other comedians start to be like, oh, this is hack, that you're all doing this, right? Like, they start to believe that it's not genuine. But then also, some comics are doing it out of a not-genuine motivation, where it's just like, well, I have to participate in the dominant conversation to be heard and to be not forgotten and whatever. Right. So it is, like, this weird thing that happened with Me Too. And then part of the backlash to that was these comics who made jokes about buzzwords. Right. And about how like comics were just trying to be cool and get famous and get their 15 minutes by talking about things like rape culture. And so there was like a lot of this talk about rape culture, not being a real thing and just being a term that's being used to police comedians. Right. Yeah. And you know, I saw so many conversations with people trying to, like, explain to men mainly what rape culture means, but it's not just men, right? Um, as this fucking Cuomo thing shows, because Liz Smith, a woman, was one of the defenders of rape culture in this situation, because this is precisely what rape culture means. It means that in our culture, uh, the the desire to protect a predator – Because of your personal ties or personal uh, profit from your proximity to them, that is what rape culture is. Period. End of story. It means that in our culture, it is okay, it is normalized, people will make excuses for and rationalize people covering up for and defending predators, like in the face of victims coming out saying it, only because of these personal ties and their personal benefits that they get from the proximity to these people that is rape culture and that is something that comics do it's the way the comics circled around louis ck if they are people who open for louis ck and benefit from being in louis ck's orbit right Right. it's the way you know like we can just keep going down the chain because it doesn't have to be a rich famous person it can be just the one who takes you on the road and helps you pay your rent you know what i mean yeah yeah So, yes, that is a result of capitalism in a lot of ways, but also each and every comic that chooses to protect a predator because it personally benefits them, you are a bad person who is making a
0: bad choice. Right. It's weird because... It's
1: not just capitalism. It's not just rape culture.
0: (laughs) You know? It's all all the stuff overlapped with each other. Yeah. Like, it's because, you know, with Liz Smith, I would also argue to some degree, like, this is and I would probably point this out more if I was talking to like a liberal who maybe reduces everything to just like uh, misogyny and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you get a woman who is participating in this, in this way? Well, we got to talk about class, right? Because yep. something that's going on with Liz Smith and the Cuomo's is that those people all have more in common with each other than they do with yeah. us by the nature of class. And gender has nothing right. to do with that. But that also doesn't exist on its own. Like, you're right. I mean, you know, we've been arguing now, about all this stuff. And, and, it's and like, the
1: gender thing, Jake, also goes the other way, which is internalized misogyny is a real thing. Yeah. Because proximity to power is a real thing internalized misogyny is a way in which many women on some of us in like our younger years did it this idea of like being a guy's girl and all the shit that's what it is it's a, a subliminal understanding of proximity to power benefits you so you start to internalize the idea that being a woman or being feminine or a certain type of woman is all of those um, not good enough things that are said as part of misogyny yeah and then you become part of enforcing that upon other women.
0: You yeah, I mean? totally. Just like toxic masculinity. Just like comics and do.
1: Yes, and exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the other thing is I'm saying it's all this stuff together and it's, yeah. it can't be any one of them alone because like, yeah. um, you know, the class thing doesn't really make sense once you start to realize how many people – entirely below these people's class brackets would fall on their own fucking sword to defend them just because they think that they can get something out of them or they're getting a small thing out of them that doesn't like break them out of their class bracket or anything like that or their class dynamics at all so it's just all all. of it man
1: yeah because there are comics i've seen like uh for example or and i've seen women at this low level um class wise like a comic who really let's say like doesn't have much going on in terms of like the capitalist way of measuring what comedy's about and but they like regularly open for someone who takes them on the road and whatever and so this person is not even really like making their rent by having them open for them they're not really like getting like on tv or whatever the fuck or getting any any industry attention but they're getting like a monthly feeling of still belonging to comedy and a monthly feeling of still being like tapped into and getting access to an audience and all this stuff so it's like it can be for a very minor profit or benefit. You There, know what I mean? like, there are
0: people that are getting not – they're not even getting that. They're just they're just a fan, and they're getting some yeah. weird semblance of that out of it. Yeah. And to them, that's enough. And I always look at those people. If they're a comic, I'll go like – I don't want to slap them and go, they're not going to hire you. Like you are yeah. – this sucks. But sometimes they're like, I'm literally not a comic. I just like, like the – like yeah. this thing happened today where this guy – was um i don't know some crazy person who uh i think he works the door at the creek and he knows about me from, from listening to people gossip about me and shit he came goth with, guy? i don't uh, want
1: to say his name but is he goth no Oh, okay Go on. well maybe
0: i don't know i don't <laughs> i only know one <laughs> person now that works the door at the creek but he um i made this joke about uh the Travis Scott thing when that happened, where I was like, Why mm. couldn't this have happened at Skank Fest? Because I am an edgelord and I like <laughs> fucking mean jokes, right? And uh so I had all these dumb guys who were like, You say you hate comedy and yet you made a mean joke like this, and I was like, You're an idiot, right? But um this dude was like, um, you know, he just showed up and he I got a little notification on my phone and he was talking in my thread about it and stuff. And I told him I thought it was a comic, and I went like they're not going to book you like this is stupid. And he went, oh, I'm not a comic. I'm just a fan. I went to the mm-hmm. festival and they were all really nice and we're all really good friends now. And, you know, <laughs> and I was making fun of him for the friend. I bet he has
1: to introduce himself every single time.
0: Right. I was like, A, these are your imaginary friends. You're a customer. That's like so mm-hmm. sad. You're like in a fraternity or something. But B. Um,
1: he thinks he, the stripper is in love with him. Right.
0: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had mentioned in this thread, I was like, look here's why i don't like these people they fucking hit my friend who's a woman they f- threaten women a lot of people they book threaten women uh, a lot of people they book have done other stuff to women they fucking threatened me they doxed me they came to fight me and they spit in my eye and i told that to this guy i was like look, look, look shut up i don't care this is why i don't like this person i don't give a shit whether you like them or not and what he said was oh those things have all been proven uh that there weren't true So, um, you know, you're whatever. And I was talking to this guy and I was like, uh, well it happened to me. Like I'm the person
1: I'm telling you this happened to. So
0: what you are telling me is that you have decided not to believe me based on the fact that you are getting something out of this experience with these people. That's what fucking rape culture is, man.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's totally true. And, uh, I'm glad that you see how I think, Chris Cuomo and everything else that we brought up tonight connects to stand-up comedy. Let me add one more.
0: <laughs> Why on. the,
1: the Yeah, dude, the Charlottesville thing, okay? Which actually, I think, is, like, weirdly uh, redemptive. I don't know. Like, it proves us right, right? But also, it's pretty scary, which is... So, this is something that's been going on, and I know, like, a lot of people don't follow, like, civil trial shit, so, like, maybe they haven't heard about this, but basically what happened was, like, last week, all right? So, Charlottesville, we all remember that what happened... What year was Charlottesville, Like 2018?
0: 2019 18? Something like that? 17, 18?
1: Know. It was a couple of years ago or something like that, right? But I think it was if 17. you remember, yeah. It was basically like uh the first big white nationalist, like organized public demonstrations, right? So it was the ones where they all dressed the same with the khakis and the fucking polo and they all got the fucking little tiki torches and together they were like marching in the streets of charlottesville and they were chanting fucking the jews will not replace us and shit like that exactly like nazis okay (laughs) so which is why it's so insane to me that when i call somebody a nazi they're like oh my god what is this 1941 and i'm like you're literally chanting the same chants as nazis like how is this not the same fucking thing anyway i digress Uh, So I'm just reminding everybody what happened. So then at the Charlottesville, this was like an organized protest by the the right wing, right? In the sense that there were certain groups that organized it on Reddit and other channels and shit. And so various groups came from other states and cities to come and be part of this march and wear their little uniform and bring their tiki torch and do all of that. One guy also got it in his head that he was going to be even cooler than that and he was going to drive his car into some counter protesters who were there like pro- like being like pro black lives matter you know
0: yeah.
1: uh so they this guy killed one of those protesters heather heiger i believe is her name heather higher yeah higher okay thank you i'm not good with white names sorry <laughs> <laughs> so uh heather yeah so she was killed by this fucking idiot uh horrible person in the car And then uh, there was also, fuck, I don't remember the guy's name, but you remember there was a black guy, they beat the shit out of him in a parking garage? Yeah. That was also in Charlottesville during that. So basically, those Charlottesville, quote, demonstrations by the right wing um, ended up in a lot of violence, right? And I believe that a lot of people got off on all of these crimes in terms of uh, criminal court, right? But... They ended up bringing up—I don't know who they is. I should clarify that. Um, but somebody <laughs> ended up bringing a civil suit against groups that contributed to the organizing of the event in Charlottesville. Okay, and this was in on trial last week. And during that trial, uh, the guy that was driving the car and the guys that were beating up the guy in the in the parking garage—like several of these dudes were brought up as witnesses, right? And as they were brought up as witnesses, the prosecution did a really great job, like if you can find links to listen to um, this interrogation, you really should, especially if you're interested in this for comedy and fascism and the connection, because the prosecutor did a really great job of just like drilling down on them on like the ways in which they communicated their ideas, right? And whether they were hateful ideas or not, and whether they led to violence or not. And a lot of these people, they had gotten together on Reddit or other platforms, And this prosecutor's a lot of what I heard was a woman prosecutor, but I think it's a team. So the woman would ask them to read their posts from Reddit, Jake, and they would read out loud like horrible racist shit that they were saying about all kinds of racists and women and fucking fucked up shit. And without fail, Jake, every single one of them, when asked why they posted this or what they meant by this? They said, said they were joking, It right? was a joke. Yeah, of yeah.
0: Course. You know, that it was a joke. One of yeah. the main guys from um, Charlottesville that they followed with this like Vice documentary, but honestly, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to bet a lot of these fucking people, because statistically, it's like half of them. Uh, he was a comedian, or he wasn't even a comedian. He was he did open yeah. mics, and yeah. uh, some journalists. I bet
1: you they listen to Rogan and uh, yeah, army of
0: sluts. Totally. They yeah. they. Well, I don't even know if that. Maybe back then it was I oh, don't know, but um, he somebody found remember rooftop comedy they used to mm-hmm. put cameras in clubs and they would just yeah. put your stuff up. Somebody found his rooftop clips and they're like god awful. They're exactly what uh, you would expect. It was like a libertarian yeah. guy playing at trying to be Bill Hicks or whatever the fuck. Uh, and so sad. yeah, it sucks. It's really sad. Yeah. But there's always like comedy is like fuck. I mean. I, 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 this is the book i'm trying to write i'm trying to articulate how the fuck this is, is connected because so, i like, fucking
1: check out this trial jake because so here's the thing so you know they all inevitably like defended themselves as like oh those are just jokes you know it doesn't mean that i'm a racist and i hate these people for real right yeah and then the prosecutor fucking like got into like okay well but you know whether your intention was to make someone laugh by typing this aren't you still like spreading the idea that jews are x or black people should why well, you, <laughs> you know i know, mean like, this is this.
0: very personal to me yeah. because i had the exact same conversation with the yeah. fucking government over my shit and totally. the, the thing is my my message is right and there's this fucking wrong like
1: i know <laughs> so but this is what i'm saying of like so it's a fine weird line that we as people who care about art and believe the idea of, like, you can't blame art for, like, making people do things. Because I do believe that. You also can't pretend art doesn't give people ideas or reinforce ideas. Right. It does. It just doesn't mean that the art is the only reason that this person took action in a violent way. Uh, so, what's interesting about this is that... Uh, so, first of all, the case... So, they won the... um. I guess we won. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Like People who are right won, which means all the Nazis and shit, and the groups, they lost. And I think they got a $12 million dude. The guy that was driving the car, I think, got like a $20 million penalty. So basically all these people, even if they don't go to jail, including the organizers of the event, are on the hook for the rest of their lives to pay a bunch of money back to the victims of their actions, you know? Yeah. And what is... Uh, extremely important about this is that it is the first time in American history that an organization has been civilly held liable for violence that resulted out of their actions that were like quote business or political you know what I mean like yeah they didn't have to have outright violent aims to be held responsible for the actions of their group right and it's something to watch it's interesting because you know this is this is the double-edged sword of capitalism it's like capitalism uh fucks us in a lot of ways but then it also becomes the only way to control behavior is by levying fines and making it cost money to people to behave badly <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so we're i don't know i think it's important to see a, what's going to happen in the future with uh, groups being held liable for these kinds of things and for um, ideas circulating as joke form, but also the fact that now this is, I think, one of the first. Oh, because it's federal civil court. So I believe, as far as I know, I'm not a lawyer. Please write to me, lawyers, and tell me about others. I would love to hear about it. Um, but I think it is the first federal case. That is establishing a precedent for jokes being akin to hate speech.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So it could, you know, it's just an important fork in the road. I think that I can easily see as going into like a fascist censorship fucking thing, as well as going into a or the other way of being like, yeah, freedom of speech is a thing, but so is responsibility of speech.
0: Well, I on like personally, I think this is a this. The problem with this argument is that everything is framed incorrectly when people talk about Mm -hmm. it. First thing I would say, P.E. Moskowitz, friend of uh, ours, probably via Twitter and stuff, has been on my podcast a lot. Wrote this book called "The Case." He was on this show, no? I don't think. No, maybe not. I don't think so.
1: No, he was on PDA.
0: Yeah, oh, they, they were on PDA. Yes, We're going to get an angry email. She was yeah, on PDA. Yeah, sorry. I
1: corrected myself. They, <laughs> oh, right. no. I thought they were they. But
0: they were there for a while, and now they're she. she. Um,
1: oh, okay. So my mistake. Go on.
0: Okay. Also, she's really cool and wouldn't give a shit about this, yeah. so do not yeah. send me an angry email because we're <laughs> friends. Um, but she wrote a book uh, called The Case Against Free Speech, and the point of it, I think, is really, really fucking smart. Which is, uh, it's, it's like, it sounds like it's arguing against, like, oh, free speech shouldn't, shouldn't exist, right? Yeah. But that's not actually what that sentence means. The book is about how free speech doesn't exist. It's a case against the yeah. argument that it does exist. We don't actually have this mythical thing that is like this um, you know, purely theoretical standard that everything is held to.
1: Yeah.
0: Republicans act like we do and then they throw everyone in jail for speaking out against like Israel and stuff like that and all sorts of stuff. And they, and,
1: they also act like they're being whipped and oppressed if anybody else uses their freedom of
0: speech. Right. And like <laughs> Yeah. It's illegal to like engage in bds like the boycotting Mm -hmm. of israel and shit like that there's no fucking thing is free speech what we have is a situation where we have like a society and then we have laws that uh have actual there's no zero ground like oh everyone's equal like there's things that you know there were the goal of the fucking law and the society and everything is to actually make good things happen and bad things not happen so like you know, I, I, stupid fucking Glenn Greenwaldy like uh, libertarian people who have never left their computer always argue about this because they they think about it like a sci fi movie like oh as soon as you set the precedent for jokes being um, something that would like you to be able to pro- be prosecuted for they're just going to turn that directly around and use it on the left but like the thing is you know I don't. I mean, there's oh, the that's to- not
1: doing this, though, I don't think the thing that the right is doing, Jake, they are weaponizing jokes like they are uh, stealthily deploying hate speech under the cover of being able to say, no, this isn't hate speech because it was produced for entertainment purposes. Well, you get me? And nobody on the left is doing that.
0: Only me. Nobody.
1: <laughs> I'm the <laughs> not only person. Even you. Shut the fuck up. What? No, I fucking not.
0: did it. I got the ice came to my house and shit.
1: Yes, but that. But you weren't. Oh, because you were stealthily hating on fucking ice. You mean? <laughs> yeah. I dehumanized okay, fine, and said fear, you, you were. Yeah. Murder. Yes,
0: okay. Okay. Cop. But it was like that was, that, yeah, was yeah. an anomaly. Like people don't generally yes. do that. Or generally,
1: that's not happening. You yes. know,
0: if they do, it's just like it's.
1: it's yeah. So, put I, down. so. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is like. I think sometimes we have to be cautious of the slippery slope argument because that is actually a tool of the right where they want to claim that every time that you are trying to point out an injustice, it shouldn't be dealt with directly because it has implications for all of these other situations. That's a straw man argument. That is a fucking way to get you to not pursue the goal that you initially had So I would say to you, like, I genuinely, like as a person that consumes comedy and podcasts, like nobody on the left is deploying this strategy of circulating ideology and then stepping back from it and pretending they didn't mean it and it was just a joke. If anything, people on the left are like, yeah, I fucking said that. (laughs) I'm a communist. You know what I mean? Like they're very much their jokes and their line is on. Standing on the side of their ideology, not pretending that there's no ideology in the things they're saying.
0: Well, I think there's also kind of this thing where, like, when people and leftists say, like, uh, kill Whitey or kill cops or whatever, yeah. they're like, yeah, I actually said that. And I actually mean it because yeah. they consciously mean it. But with...
1: And you're like yeah I'm joking but also I mean
0: it. <laughs> <But> with, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's funny but I literally like But
1: also I mean it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Dude, I meant like I meant to dehumanize ice agents because you are not mm-hmm. an ice agent is not a race or a fucking exactly. type of person. It's a co- like protected a protected
1: class. It's a yeah,
0: job. Exactly. You cannot do that jobs an evil job, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not even a fucking job really it's like this other thing because like jobs are fucking honorable like they're work like, it doesn't produce no value yeah. like you just are a security guard on behalf of evil evil empire right But we... hello <laughs> you <Lucy. laughs> see um, yeah, yeah. but when right wing people do it like I've been having this argument with people for a long time and I, I'm fucking really going to dig my feet in about this because I used to be like this I'm like a reformed bad person uh, <laughs> I think that liberals. A lot of the time really want to believe this thing about like these Nazis where, um, the idea is that they get together in a club in the dark shadows and they're like, okay, we're all really racist, right? Yes. But when we go outside, we're going to hide behind jokes. I don't yeah. think it's like that. I think that it's actually no. schizophrenic. Like in in real time, these people don't believe that they are propagating right wing propaganda. They don't believe that they're fascists. They think
1: they're just enjoying themselves, but they don't recognize that what they're enjoying is racism. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, uh, wait, this is your entertainment. <laughs>
0: um, I mean That's the be- the good. the best <laughs> yeah. metaphor for this is like yeah. pretty much all of Paul Verhoeven's work, like RoboCop and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. Starship Troopers is mm-hmm. this movie where like. It's one of those, you know, things where it goes Are we the baddies? Like the entire movie is this military effort to go kill, you know, what's presented in the movie as this like alien yeah. thing. You're like, oh, these and you are like,
1: wait, are we colonizing?
0: Right, and that's the <laughs> yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, but he he said like when the next time like because he lived through like f- fucking crazy fascist shit happening in Europe, right. Uh, And then he came to America and started making these films, and he he himself said, like, when fascism comes again, it will not be, like, a Nazi flag. They will be waving an American flag because it will think of itself literally as the opposite. Like, it's not even a lot, like, a deliberate lie. It's, like, in order to do all this stuff, you have to actually kind of believe that these values are not what they are, which is why every time that you have these people go, Luis, oh, you're calling me a Nazi, but I'm not in the 19 fucking 30 whatever yeah. Nazi. They literally th- like they've they don't understand that fascism is a set of criteria and like symptoms and stuff.
1: It's not a uniform from 1930. No. Right, it's, like, it's like a <laughs> yeah. <the> fucking party. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
0: It means yeah. that you think of things in a certain way, and as long as no one gets down to like that and doesn't understand that people, like who are engaging this stuff, really convince themselves that they're actually not doing it, and that they're like they're actually they dude. I I used to be really into fucking edge comedy, and I I I, I <laughs> snatched myself out of the jaws of it because I started to realize what was going on with some of this stuff, which is yeah. like. You start the, – the the language, the arguments that we would all fucking wield when I was, like, involved in that sort of stuff is, like, oh, we're actually less racist than liberals because liberals do all this horrible stuff that we know liberals do. They do all – yeah. they have their own veneer of bullshit they put in front of their mm-hmm. racism or whatever. But the idea was, like, oh, you know, by um, engaging in it in a way that is mocking it somehow, like uh, like, neutralizing it or whatever. And that's not either – it doesn't, it doesn't do that. It just perpetuates it and makes it okay for like a different reason. It's just two people making excuses for their horrible fucking engagement and perpetuating systems that oppress people. There's a third thing you can do, which is what neither of these fucking you groups you're are doing. Can you
1: hear purring into a mic? My bad. No, like, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like all in and she's like, yeah, Jake, you're right.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
1: yeah. What's the third thing? Go tell me
0: it's it's a fucking anti-capitalism it's like actively yeah. reg- regressing all this stuff i mean left and right yeah. wing in the modern world are the two wings of capital so yeah. you know being somebody who engages in like liberal uh you know the shit where they they, they make hamilton and they think it's not racist it's like well you're actually fucking racist yeah. that's that's a racist play versus yeah the legion of skanks or whatever shit or these fucking stupid nazis in charlottesville saying like oh i did all these pepe frogs and stuff as like an ironic thing it's like yeah. no you're still you're just let's see, you're reinforcing the other side of fucking capital st-
1: it's like uh you're still distributing the flyer you know what i mean like you're still doing the work literally like in the 90s when we were ravers and stuff Look- you would like get into the party by promoting for the party. You get me? Yeah. So they would give you like a bunch of flyers and you had to go fucking put them on cars and like leave them in the mall and do all these things. Even if you didn't design the flyer and you didn't pick the fucking DJs, (laughs) you are the one spreading the fucking thing. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter what your fucking reason is for spreading it. I don't care that you thought it was a joke. You are spreading this fucked up thing. So like that's the difference that I think can't be applied to the left where on the left, even though you're right that it is still like a, um, it is a position defined in relation to capitalism. They, I think in general, leftist artists who publicly identify as leftists, they are never using the position of, I said this and I didn't mean this. You get me? Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is a threat to us comedy people right now is that the joke is being co-opted by people who do mean to use it politically while the whole time screaming jokes are not political you understand me yeah so i don't know i really think uh there's a lot to think about in terms of like everything that's going on uh inside and outside of comedy and how you do your art moving forward um i did we did also want to talk about succession and spotify but that's going to have to wait till next episode yeah um but there's a lot to also connect to stand-up comedy in both of those
0: things
1: (laughs) uh do you know what's funny jake uh every time i'm like oh we shouldn't do an episode because i have nothing to talk about it's my favorite episode
0: right yeah no this is like i mean it
1: reminds me why we're doing this because i'm like oh right jake and i always have really great combos no matter what
0: <laughs> no i'm never afraid that we're not gonna have a thing to talk about because like
1: i'm always afraid because i'm not a fucking talk for the sake of talking person you know what i mean yeah but that's why i am uh, i am very happy to have you as a podcast host because I don't think that you and I ever have like fluff conversations, you know what I mean like conversations that are just like networking and just like uh on the surface bullshit you know yeah, I
0: hate small talk, man,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know I'm trying to learn that sometimes small talk is a way to maintain relationships with certain people, but I'm glad that that is not something that we need to maintain a relationship between mm. us
0: no and that we all.
1: always produce like a conversations that leave me thinking and like i love that they leave other people thinking but i mainly do it because i like
0: talking to you so
1: this is me telling you i love you buddy
0: love you too ma'am. glad to yeah. do this another year you know mm-hmm. it's funny man like i uh no i i i hate small talk but like it's not a pro- it's good for podcasting that i hate small talk yeah but I like it's bad I need to learn to for do it for your
1: interpersonal relationship well I was like, yeah. at a, like at a
0: party a while back and I was just like I could see myself like oh, you idiot like I to take everything up to this level like immediately so I was like standing around a cheese plate just like fucking fascism
1: like you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally you're totally that meme guy in the corner It's like they don't even know about yeah.
0: capitalism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am also that guy in the corner I don't know if you saw that one of our listeners like uh, made that meme of me <laughs> or something being like and it was something like uh, they don't even know that all I ever want is to be photographed looking at my phone at a comedy show like Luisa Diaz <laughs> and I'm like that is so funny this is great this is my favorite meme oh, Uh Write to us. I would love to hear from you guys. We have some really good uh, emails already, too. Dude, you know, we have like listeners in Australia and like a bunch of weird places. I love it so much. Uh, so we have great emails for the next mailbag. Email us at uh, ymadpod at gmail.com. Questions, suggestions, complaints, we take it all. I might yell at you. Jake is usually really nice. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like that's fine. You should be fine with that, right?
0: Good cop, bad cop.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly i will tell you your email sucks no uh, <laughs> uh do you want to plug anything jake
0: yeah um my other podcast, pod america
1: <laughs> dude um, i haven't been back on there to talk to the boys in a long time you got gonna have me
0: on we just <laughs> had you on pretty mm. recently to talk about the 9-11 museum
1: yeah we'll oh get you back right on that's true oh do you know something i'm gonna do mm, maybe i'm not supposed to say, but i'm gonna start anyway fuck it i i think i'm gonna be doing um Hedo Brett. Oh,
0: the, cool!
1: Yeah, so it's gonna be like a Patreon <laughs> series for Street Fight. Mm-hmm. Um. So, if you like Street Fight, sign up for the Patreon. I think in January we're gonna start doing Hito Brett.
0: Oh, that rules! And I'm gonna
1: co-host the episodes. Yeah. So that's gonna be fun. That's I'm very badass. Excited about
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I have a show on the 29th in New York at Young Ethel's. I'll post about it. And
1: Ooh, I'm gonna go. We'll hang.
0: I don't wanna. You know what? No announcements yet, but expect big things in the new year.
1: Yeah. Stuff's happening. We'll be doing it. And also, honestly, tweet at us about uh, guests that you'd like to see, or like email us better. That would be good. Email us about uh, guests you'd like to see on the show in the new year, uh, as well as like reach out to other podcasts where you think that Jake would be a good uh, guest or I would be a good guest. Uh, that would be a great way to mix your faves up, introduce new people to our show, all that stuff um hit us up yeah <sighs> let's see great did you hear she agreed okay i don't have anything else. bye
0: all right bye